live from Studio 54. I'm Dr. Enrique Murillo. Here we are on the campus of California State University, San Bernardino. We, we are very fortunate today to have some special guests and, I, and we're gonna flip it. For, they're my special guests, but then in a little while, I'm gonna be their special guest. It's a special two for one special that you're getting today. Um, first of all, please introduce yourselves. Okay, thank you, Dr. Murillo. My name is Stephanie Montoya. I am part of Cafecito Con. Uh, I'm the show engineer and co-host. Uh, my passion is helping people solve problems. Uh, knowing what I went through motivates me to help other women find their voice and learn to just be themselves. That's what inspires me. And I'll send it over to Delila. And I'm Delila Vasquez, and I am a woman, a mom, a sister. I have many different roles in life, but one of them is being here at Cafecito Con, having conversations with women for women. And my main goal is to connect. Hopefully there is a message there for you, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, soon. Rosa? Hi everyone, I'm Rosa Martin Muñoz. I'm also, I'm the communications director for Cafecito Con. Um, I value connection and just good old fashioned conversations. I never had any Latina role models growing up. Um, so with Cafecito Con, we try to, to bring those two to the other ladies out there. Um, and we just hope to inspire. Very good, okay, so Cafecito Con is a uh, one of the new affiliate programming that we're going to bring to you on a regular basis so this is our official launching so let's say un aplauso for the official Yay! launching of cafecito con okay who came up with the name tell us what is cafecito con so thank you Enrique. thank All you right. for having us here it started off by being called cafecito con chisme oh with the cheese Chisme has such a negative connotation on women. It's kind of like a label that brings us down, oh. right? But our grandmothers, the women in our family, they sit down or they sat down around the kitchen table and they had conversations. They talked about family members, friends, neighbors, and that was chisme, but it wasn't a bad thing. It was a healthy thing to do, right? Because that's how we teach the younger generations with the storytelling. But we dropped the cheese because it had a negative yeah. connotation. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of makes sense to me because when you think of education, education is, uh, people think schools, but schooling is, is different. Education is the broad cultural sense. So education is the stories our grandparents passed down. Um, the stories and conversations women would have in the kitchen when there's no men around. Right, so I think that I think I understand that. Yeah. yeah, passing yeah. down experiences, passing down any type of knowledge. You know, that's what we're here to do. Um, you know, try to give out experiences and knowledges that maybe some women may not have access to on a regular basis. So we left it as cafecito con that 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 that, so that we yeah. can put our guest names there ah, and muy bien. have a conversation where there is a kind of like having cafecito with someone and. Uh, we decided that we wanted an intergenerational uh, environment. Me, because I'm older. I'm the older of the three of us. And uh, You're not that much older. Come on. <laughs> I am. I could be my mom. So <laughs> I am. But we, what we wanted to do is model those conversations, right? Many of our women don't know how to have those intergenerational conversations. It's like, oh, me estás diciendo que hacer. You're, you're just telling me, right? 
I don't want your advice because I don't want you to tell me what to do. So we want to model those conversations. And it was at first uh, Rosa and I, and then Rosa had the great idea of inviting Stephanie. So now All right. we're at yeah. three, right? Mm-hmm. The intergenerational part is something that I really appreciate uh, just because, just like Belila was saying, um, we sometimes the, the younger generation, we, we like to think, ah, that's the old tradition. That's, that's we're, we're uh, Gen Zers, we're millennials. They have nothing to say. That's <laughs> the, you know, but at the same time, um, there's so much to learn from tradition and from, from the older generation. And that's something that uh, we want to bring to everyone. And mentorship in general has been something that is super important for me. Um, and for a lot of us, and we, we've got to mentor the younger, the gen- younger generations to to gain success and become more comfortable with themselves and, and get to where we, where we want to be. Yeah, I kind of see what you're describing is. Um, it's funny because you know I have I have my sister, my niece, my daughter, my mother, my aunts, and. Um, you know, as a male, you know, socialized as a boy growing up to a man. Um, sometimes there's a lot of misconceptions about what are they talking about in there? Are they talking about us? What's going on? What are these women, what are the women talking about? What are they chismeando, right? right. The comadreando. Um, but I've realized as I got older that um, because we live in a society that's very arrogant, that oftentimes um, you have to put on your emotional armor and go out and face the world. But um, sometimes you need to retreat into a safe space where there's, uh, I understand where there's women and you can be your authentic selves. It's so difficult to be authentic um, when you're faced with that arrogance. And so is that, Am I almost on, am I getting it? Something like that? For sure. Definitely. Yeah. 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 There's one thing, the concept that we've talked about um, a lot, you know, people say you, you wear many hats to mean the many roles that you have. We like to think we put on many different shoes because you need the right kind of shoe to step into the right kind of environment, right? You can't go hiking in the woods with heels, mm-hmm. um, but you can go into a party and wear tennis shoes. Um, so it's, it's important to have that confidence. And for us, that's important, to bring that confidence forward. Not to break us into segments, but to bring our true selves wherever we go. We really want to empower women to be who you are, wherever you're at. You know, not leave your religion on the side or not leave the being a mom on the side. We should be an integrated self wherever we go and take ourselves our true selves into the spaces that we step into yeah i think that's important like you're expected to leave your leave it at the door before you step in but no i you i'm uh as humans we're a whole we're not fragments of ourselves mm-hmm. although sometimes we have to uh, ex, uh live our lives in fragments but there's got to be times where you can feel whole i mean i know I, like I said, I, I, I can, I, it took me a long time to understand this, but I would see that the women in my life, they would go off and do their um, time with the other women, and they would come back almost like, uh, like, like getting a tune-up. 
they would come back refreshed like, okay, I'm good. I can do this for a little bit more. And then when they, and then when the, when, when needed, they would retreat into that safe space um, to get that energy to, to, I mean, whatever, you know, just to, you know, so I, I think it's kind of, as men, it's hard for us to understand that. Um, and we almost get jealous and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, um, and it just must, it must be nice. It must be, you know, a special moment. So that's the essence of what, what you all are capturing. Definitely. I mean, yeah. uh, like, like you're saying, like you, you, you're saying that you're jealous of it, but we're bringing that to you, you know, so that you can experience what we're really conversating about in these kitchens or wherever um, we're having conversations at any table or at somebody's couch. Um, we want to be able to break down those barriers to be able to talk about business and finance and all those things that nobody wanted to talk to us about or we felt that we weren't in the right generation to talk about. You know, like for example, I felt I couldn't talk to my grandparents about finances. They didn't want to talk about it. It was not something you talked about. That was the rule. But, you know, trying to break down those barriers to bring those conversations to the various different groups that don't have these conversations and not make it taboo anymore. Yeah, it was real difficult. I mean, for many of us, we're just a generation or two away from, like my parents, uh, my grandparents were um, uh, non-literate, you know, but my grandfather couldn't read and write. And then in a couple of generations, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm a, a professor at a university. And just think of the strides that we've made just over the generations. But you're right. Uh, many of us had to navigate and figure things out I don't know how, but somehow we figure it out, yeah. right? So you all are, you know, successful women. Somehow you've been able to navigate. Um, but I know, but perhaps, um, what do they say? We ni de aquí ni de allá. Like one foot here, one foot there. My my father would often say, "De la puerta para adentro estás en México. From the doorway in, you're in Mexico." De la puerta para afuera, Estados Unidos. From the doorway out, you're in the United States. So we live a bifurcated reality. So there's the home, and then there's the rest of the world. And sometimes they, they can't, they don't match, right? And so we, have to, we learn how to cope. We learn how to navigate. And many of us are not only uh, surviving, but we're actually thriving. And I actually think that, as raza, as you know, Latinos, that is actually our secret weapon. We're we're able to navigate these spaces, and we're very flexible. And that that is what it. That's like the the skills of of the future are all, are based on that. Um, if you're able to be, you know, because if you're too rigid, how are you supposed to how are you supposed to do it? We grew up uncomfortable. Yeah, we grew up <laughs> stepping outside of our comfort zone, we so we're to. used to that, and we. It, we, we like to thrive in that. Yeah. We can thrive in that. Is there a particular uh, woman that you feel you gather your strength from? Maybe like a, like a grandmother or a mother or, I mean, I don't know. Uh, definitely. I mean, I, I definitely have to say that my grandmother that raised me and uh, also my biological mother were both, both very, very strong women. So I, I have their strengths. Uh, definitely. <laughs> um, so those are the people I pull my strength from because they, they got through a lot. So, And it's helped me push through a lot. So that's who I gained strength from. 
Very good. And also these ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I know Very for good. My, for myself, my mother is a homemaker, and I didn't give her enough credit growing up because of that. I always looked up to my father, how he was a breadwinner and just so strong and um, smart, strategic. But my mother, very nurturing, but she also had a strong a strength behind her. Um, she was the type of person that if she needed to get something done, I'll, I'll never forget the moment that she was climbing up a wall without a ladder. Like, like a wall that, mm -hmm. that high, without a ladder. <laughs> like this woman's Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> and I just, I, I felt like I took her for granted, her strength for granted growing up, but now that I'm older, I'm able to see her nurturing, compassionate soul as a strength. And uh, yeah, I mean that that woman. She's she's uh, survived cancer three times and wow. Yeah, and um, very very strong woman. And you know, I, I like to surround myself by women because um, it gives me a lot of strength strength as well. Yeah. Mm. You know, for me, it's an interesting question since I am in a different stage of life than the two young women sitting <laughs> here with us. Um, if you were to ask me when I was maybe 20 years ago, I would have said my grandmother and my mother. I've always described my mother as an Amazon warrior. This is a woman who would not be knocked down. She got up after every single crisis, and, and life hit her really, really hard, but she got up and she did what she needed to do and took care of what she needed to take care of. Uh, short story, I wanted to get married at the age of 16. And the reason why I'm here in the United States is because my mom had left me in Ecuador for 10 years. The moment I said that to her, in two months I was here. That, that was my mom, <laughs> you know. But in terms of who are my role models now, I look up to my daughters. I think that the younger mm. generation has a lot to offer too. We think of learning on this up-down level, but I think that it is constantly rotating. It, it's not an up-down, it's not a down-up. It's, it's a rotation, right? Uh, there's I always like something that. to be learned. I like that, because we live in the generations, and when, unfortunately, our parents, grandparents, and other people, as they pass away, we become them, right? And so now, and then, and then other people look to us, like, is the way we looked at them. Yeah. Very nice. Hopefully okay. an improvement of that. Right? Okay. Because I tell <laughs> you that, too. Your responsibility is to be a better mom than I am. You know, you got to learn, we have to learn from the past. Yes, yes, yes. But we yes, can yes. get stuck there. We, we have to take what it offers us and move forward, push forward. Yeah, you know, and there's, in the Latino, people look, you know, I'm Mexican, so I can speak Mexican culture, but, uh, but Latin American, Latino culture and cultures in general, um, people think, oh, it's bien machista and that the man, you know, yeah, my father, I don't want to say he's machista, but he was dominant in certain ways. But in a lot of ways, he was not. It was my mother. And, the, and so maybe you could speak a little bit about that, this idea that people think of our homes as being where the, the man is just We're dominant. But, but, but really, uh, it's not always the case, right? No, the, yeah. <laughs> not usually. No. Yeah. I, I think I felt like at, at my household, the mom ruled everything, like mm -hmm. female, but... Um, there is that cultural restraints that I felt from from the males. You know, it's just certain things that women 
weren't supposed to do. That's what I was told growing up. Like, oh, you can't skateboard. You're not supposed to ride bikes. You're supposed to do all these dainty and things. And did you anyways, or? No, no, it was such a battle for me at, at growing up, to be honest. I was, I was always a rebel. I always was like, no, I want to climb that ladder. No, I want to use tools. And that's what I ended up doing. It was always a fight. Um, I, I really battled with those cultural restraints. I was born here. So that could be it too. And I had to learn to deal with both sides, you know, be Mexican at home, but then mm -hmm. be American yes. outside. So yeah. it was kind of a dual profile sometimes. And it, 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 was, it was tough to balance. But we are socialized. Like I remember I would go out and do the, the outside things with my father, fix the fence, fix the roof, um, cut the grass. Right. And my sister would, uh, you know, uh, do the dishes, uh, clean the house, you know, and so it is, we grow up um, socialized. Do you think that this generation now is socialized in the same way where, or you think that has changed? I, I, oh, I think yeah. it's changing. I think it might be changing a bit, but I grew up in that same way. I was the one that was supposed to be inside cleaning the house. Yeah. And my brothers were outside mowing the lawn and doing all of the yard duties, but, um, we push back. The, the younger generation put, pushes back. We like, why do I have to yeah. cook for my, my yeah. brothers? They can do it. Themselves. Well, they 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 can't wash their own dishes, or they can. Uh, mm -hmm. Are they? Uh, uh, they can't walk. They can't do it for themselves, or what? Yeah. Yeah. So I think there was that. There was a bit of machismo in that sense, um, but at the same time, you had my mother who was, who gave you know, my son's so much love. And it was a good balance to my dad. It was very strict on my brothers and expecting them to be a certain way. And now that I'm older, I've been able, we've been able to express to them how, you know, the the way that they treated us wasn't necessarily, you know, the best way. And they've, they've they're treating us differently now. And they, they've come to, um, there's more conversations that we're having, more, um, apologies in a sense where now we can move forward from some of the past well you well you you, you kind of reinvent yourself i mean many many years ago i taught literacy in a homeless shelter and um and so you know we'd have uh, you know many of them were women with children and they would come and you know we teach them how to read and write but in the process of learning how to read and write i discovered that uh many of the women were reinventing themselves so they had come from uh central south america or the caribbean or, or the majority from mexico and they were one person back in mexico and then here in the united states they were forced to reinvent themselves and that means uh garnishing more power more power for yourself to so that you can broker and mediate for your children because if because if the woman doesn't do it, who's going to do it? In religion, there is a theology, uh, liberation mm -hmm. theology. And mm -hmm. it really touches upon that, and, and particularly touches women. And I do believe wholeheartedly on that idea of having the, the freedom to reinvent yourself. And sometimes we have to be moved from where we're at and really disconnect from those roots and put somewhere else so that we can figure out, oh, I can do it. I, I don't need to be in this cocoon, right? I don't, I don't have to be restrained. Not that I ever allowed yeah. to be restrained. I was one of those young women yeah. that from when I was little, but a lot of it 
has to do with my father. Father days, Father's Day just passed, right? And yeah. I didn't have the fortune to have my father for a long time. But the things that he left me really made a huge imprint in me. For instance, he always told us that he didn't want us to go to the church. He didn't want us to be um, indoctrinated into the religion, right? He felt that we could get to an age where we could study our religions and choose what fits us. Mm-hmm. He always saw us, saw me studying abroad. He, so mm-hmm. he never saw me as a homemaker. And he would always, always encourage me to speak. At the age of five, he was already training me to do speeches. So that stayed with me. That, that is, It is. It's very yeah. empowering. I think that it's not just up to women to empower women. It's also up to men. And men grow. They, they also get empowered from the empowerment of women. It's not a one-way track. It really is a relationship. Well, yeah, well, like as, as that makes sense because as women liberate themselves, they got to liberate men. They're liberating men at the same time, right? But why are men so resistant? I don't understand. Um, you know? Well, would you want to give up power? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Nobody gives up, nobody gives up uh, power. Although it's awkward, um, as a Chicano, you know, my, my male privilege, I definitely have male privilege, but it's an awkward privilege because you're, you're male, but also being a non-white and growing up working class. So it's, it's a very strange mixture of power, you know. Um, I think part of it yeah. has to do with the, the emotions part, like not being able to show your emotions and have these vulnerable conversations. And now, I know with, at least within my own family, we're empowering the men to share share their own emotions and um, be able to say I love you, like something simple like that. And uh, at least for me, I, I think the love, their love, that safe space, creating a, a, a it, a safe space with love really helps people get to that place where they can be their, their authentic selves. Okay, I want to read a couple of statements, and I want you all to react to it. Okay. okay? Latinas are incredibly entrepreneurial. As the number and rate of Latina-owned businesses has increased eight times that of men-owned businesses, yet remain significantly underrepresented, especially among the Fortune 500 companies? I think it's a cruel reality of living in the United States. A lot of it has to do with language. Mm -hmm. Um, Much of it has to do with lack of access, right? So there are all these grants that the government puts out. There are all these organizations that can train women to become business owners so they can get the education. But where do women find that information? Mm-hmm. But where is it to be had? They're there, <laughs> but where is it to, to be had? It, it, it isn't, and, and hopefully that's something that we can do through these conversations. We can say, oh, this is how she found it, so maybe I can find it too, right? I mean, they're being very modest, but Stephanie has an incredible career mm-hmm. that is non-traditional for women, uh, and she hasn't really touched on that, but those are things that also women need to hear, that it is possible. You want to share with us? Not that I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> she sort of did, but so yeah, is. Go ahead. Um, well, I'm an electrical engineer. Uh-huh. Um, I'm also a business owner. And 
own some real estate, things like that, and trying to make my way so that way I don't have to work under somebody and just work for myself. Um, that's what I do. But I'm, I'm, with this fact, I, I think it's amazing that the number's increasing, but I do have to agree with Delila that, you know, where, where are women getting this information, right? Like, we need to make it more we need to make it more available for, for those that really want to strive to pursue their, their passion for business. So. Okay, here's another one. Oh, yeah, go please. Of course. Only because, I don't know if you guys have watched the new J-Lo documentary on Netflix. Yes, girl. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, J-Lo is a great example of someone that has been historically underrated, and she's a huge business woman, um, and she's partnered with Goldman Sachs to provide capital for Latina women entrepreneurs. Um, but I mean, just the way that we treated JLo for so long, especially, and my, and my, you know, my parents are guilty as well, but talking about her dating history, mm -hmm. whereas everything else that she has accomplished, mm -hmm. um, singing, dancing. Yeah. Didn't she have an all-female cast or yes, yeah. female production? Right. Hu yeah, Hustlers. Hustlers. It is Hustlers, yeah. but that's still, come on, yeah. that's, and, that's tremendous. Um, he also overlooked for Academy Award nomination where the only nominees were white women and like you said, that movie, Hustlers, I mean, just very underrated. So it is, unfortunately, it, it takes some time and it won't all happen at once. It takes grabbing each other's hands and, and helping each other get there. A lot of hard um, work. Awareness, you know, um, yeah, it, it takes a lot of work. Great point. Well, yeah, what, what I hear you saying also is that um, we need to change the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Because for men, we mm -hmm. talk about, oh, he's a doctor, he went to school, oh, he has a great job, oh, he's been driving a nice car. Mm -hmm. What do we do with women? Oh, she's dating again, she's not dating now. Oh, she's had so many boyfriends. Oh, yeah. she's... ¿Cuándo te vas a casar? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the family parties, ¿cuándo te vas a casar? So that narrative has to change. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to do it, right? And I do think and I do favor the younger generations a mm -hmm. lot with the credit of it because they are. I think that maybe not all women of my generation, but some of us have stepped out of the comfort zone and have mm -hmm. opened the door. But really, it's up to you guys to go all the way in, right? We're running out of time, so to speak. You guys are coming in and have more time to do that. <laughs> you guys are Tag, you're it. Tag, you. Pass it on. For us, which is <laughs> tremendous, you know, again, breaking that barrier because if we didn't, you guys would have been just talking amongst yourselves and we would have just been talking amongst ourselves at a party. Right. You know, we wouldn't all be talking all together. So that's what I think is really awesome is that it brought us all together like this. Too. And what results of the labor of love that the both of you have shown with, Absolutely. with the lead conference and all of the work that you do for Latinos. And I mean, I've um, participated in many support programs and it's it's this kind of work that gets people like us to to these uh, higher spaces mm -hmm. okay well that okay let's take this time now to talk a little bit more specifically about cafecito con so i mean you're, you meant you gave us a little bit but you know there, i know there's a mission and vision and there's a you know and the, there's ideas here 
So tell us um, a little bit about what the plans are going to be for this uh, programming. Um, th th as mentioned earlier, this is the the inaugural. Well, it's not really the inaugural show because they've been doing podcasts for a number of years now. Um, but yeah, month. Okay, months. <laughs> all right. But here we are at uh, Studio Fifty Four at, at Cal State San Bernardino, and we've stepped it up to the next level, right? We got all these cameras, we got lights, we got it. We're trying to do our best to look professional and come across to our audience in a certain way. But we hope that this is going to be the first of many programming. So maybe tell us a little bit about, about Cafecito Con and what kind of programming uh, that, uh, that people can expect to, to see. You want to take on that one? <laughs> so you That's all you do. All right. <laughs> Mama Bear here. All right. Um, you know, one of the main goals of us coming together is bringing everyday women and bringing their boys out on the airwaves so that other women can say, oh, I can identify with her. You know, it's great to have the J-Lo's and the politicians and, you know, mm -hmm. the women who have made history. It's, it's fantastic to have those kind of role models. But to hear someone who maybe is not as famous, yes. but is also making it and breaking it, I think has its impact and having the conversations with the three of us uh, who come from different walks of life, mentalities, generations, we hope it enriches the conversation so that other women can feel comfortable. Hopefully they can duplicate this in their own kitchen, right? They can, they can do the same thing. They can get together with their daughters and talk about things and not be ashamed to touch on subjects that are taboos, whether it is money, sex, roles, work, wh whatever it is, you know, being sad, being lonely, whatever it is, we women like to talk about it, so why not? And rather than going and talking to someone who might be able to relate but not might, might not be able to guide, it's not as healthy as if mm -hmm. we have the open forum. Um, so that's definitely at the heart of our of our intent. Bring women, real women, onto the show and have a conversation with us. We talk about who we are, what we do, why we do the things that we do, our faith. Whatever our faith mm -hmm. is, it's important. It's part of us. We mm -hmm. don't need to leave it outside the door. Yeah. Right? And so that we can be our true selves wherever we are and encourage each other for that. I, I definitely know that. Um, what's helped me throughout the years, not only like programs like maybe LEAD, um, providing uh, workshops or things like that to give me education, but just hearing uh, real life stories from people and, and, and understanding that they had to go through a struggle as well. I think for a long time as I was going through college, I thought I was going through a lot of these situations like on my own for the first time and nobody would know or understand what I was going through. and. Um, being able to hear other people share their stories and, and, and their journey has really helped me to become one more comfortable with myself and, and my journey and be more authentic. So I, I, that's what I enjoy is bringing about other people's stories or me being able to share my story to maybe help one person get through the day or get through that next goal that they need to get through. So. Very good. The important part here is that we're not out of reach. I mean, I grew up here in San Bernardino. Mm -hmm. um, we're all women of this community uh, now, a little spread out, Los Angeles, Orange County, and, and San Bernardino. Um, but we're, it's a much, 
it's a much um it's not like we're j-lo or anything yes we can <laughs> learn we can from be. from j-lo and um but we're women of the community and hearing having that lesser degree of separation is is um it's important to have that kind of representation and, and feel like hey like, i could do that um i don't think steph did you know that you were gonna own real estate and and do what I, I did not. I no. did not like. I did not know I was going to get to the certain stage that I'm at. I did not know I was going to have the degrees that I have now or certifications. Um, but I'm here. So to know that <laughs> we're just around the corner and yeah. all of these things are possible is yeah, very, very. Just important. grew up in West LA, a very humble home, and and just being able to show those people that they can do it too, because. I, I had the same opportunities that other people have, and mm -hmm. if, if some people didn't, I'd like to provide those opportunities to those people, so. It's almost like w whether we want it or not, we're role models. Yeah. I, I mean, we're just automatically, right? Might as well own it. Yeah, <laughs> there, there you go, well might as well own it. So, yeah. before we close, I know that we're yeah. coming uh, to an end, but why invite us, Enrique? Why, why bring Cafecito Con? to your circle of influence. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Um, it's similar to what we were talking uh, earlier, that there has to be a balance of issues and viewpoints, right? And so nobody wants to hear Enrique saying the same thing over, I've been saying the same thing for a lot of years. Um, but we, you know, we, we need to diversify, change up the programming. And this is a very ex exciting time for us because, um, because of COVID, we couldn't do our summit. We couldn't do our Catholic schools event. We couldn't do all the stuff we do. So we were very fortunate to put together the studio. Um, we call it Studio 54, um, you know, bringing, bringing programming to the people, to the raza, directly to the gente. Um, we, because we don't own the media companies, you know, uh, um, I don't know J-Lo, I would like to meet her, but I, I, don't have the, I don't have it in with J-Lo, so I can't have, J-Lo's not, you know, positioned to help us, so we got to help ourselves, yep. right? So we, got, we have this, um, this studio here, and we're trying to create a space that's different. So we're, um, this program, this affiliate program, um, is going to be available, uh, we're going to be on YouTube, we're going to be available available on ScholarWorks, which is a repository for the university. Um, we're available on um, 30, more than 30 different podcast directories. So this will be um, on um, a bunch of stuff um, uh, through uh, Publer and Castos. And also, we just um, made a, an agreement with the Daily Chela. I don't know if you heard of Chela TV but it's the first uh, Chicano-owned kind of media production company. And so we have a uh, partnership with them. So hopefully they'll, they'll pick up Cafecito Con as well. Wouldn't and you know, nice? yeah, so we're gonna be out there. And um, so we have a lot of partnerships with a lot of uh, media partners. And we're just trying to uh, catch up, honestly. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of catching up to do, and that's what we're trying to do. So, so can we put you yeah. on the spot then? <laughs> we, we were asking yeah. you a question earlier. Yeah. Um, since I was put on the spot, I'm going to put you on the uh, spot. Um, <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> well, what is your purpose? We, we like to ask this of a lot of our guests. Like, yeah. What is your purpose or what have you found to be your purpose? And I know it could change throughout, throughout different yeah. phases of your life. Where are you at today? What is your purpose? 
Uh, well, I think I have a lot of purposes, right? Yeah. And I have a lot of identities, you could say. There's this old uh, kind of idea that um, comes from psychology that somehow we create an identity for ourselves when we're teenagers into adulthood. But really we have, you know, I, I see myself as having a repertoire of identities. One is not enough. So I have one identity when I'm at home. Um, you know, uh, with my daughter and I, we're at home, or when I'm with my significant other, I'm with my family. Um, but here at the university, um, here I feel that the purpose is to promote a broad-based awareness of the crisis in Latino education. So all, the, all our programming has to do with education. But education in the broad sense, not just schools, but um, like we were talking about earlier, and so to me it makes sense, the conversation that women have in the kitchen, um, that is ed education. Mm -hmm. And so my purpose is to um, bring to you all uh, some of the programming that you're not going to find anywhere else. You're not going to find Cafecito Con anywhere else, guaranteed. So anyways, I'm trying to live out my purpose awesome. like that. That's a great purpose. I, I like it. I Thank think you. Yeah. Okay, very Just good. The message. Okay, so let's hear from each one of you before we sign off. Tell us anything you want to share with the audience. <coughs> I'm really excited to uh, have some more conversations with these ladies and hopefully um, have you impart in some new knowledge for all of you. I look forward to this adventure. I really think that the sky is the limit and we're definitely taking leaps and bounds with what we're doing and women's voices need to be heard so I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, um, I, similar to Rosa and Delila, like I'm here to try and, and spread the word on, on what anybody's able to do. I mean, look at us, we're here today, coming from making a quick clubhouse appearance to now here with Dr. Murillo and, and lead at Studio 54. So um, just excited to, to be on this journey. So thank you. Okay, so thank you everybody. Gracias, Tlazo Camate.